predicting what happens uh, in one day or like in even one week is almost impossible. The heat rate goes really too, too, too close to random that you cannot discriminate. But if you, if you trade fast, you can actually determine with, with you know, decent accuracy. And we're still talking about you know, 50, 51% versus 49. I've never seen it with a heat rate more than, than 60%, unless you go to super, super high frequency. But in that case, the cost of trading becomes unbearable. So you can be 100% right, but you cannot monetize it because it's just so fast that either there is no liquidity or, or um, crossing the spread will, will kill you. So because of this, it's, it's, you know, it's difficult to be right more than, than maybe 56% of, of the time. Introducing bids to the Blockware Marketplace. Select from dozens of different ASIC models. The Marketplace shows you the highest current bid, the lowest asking price, and the most recent sale price. Use this information to set a competitive bid. Once you're ready, input the amount of BTC or USD that you're willing to spend, the quantity of machines you want to purchase, and then hit bid. Once a seller accepts your bid, you'll receive an email notification. Click the link attached and send BTC to the prompted address. After six on-chain confirmations, the machine will be yours and mining rewards will instantly be directed to your Bitcoin wallet. Get started today at marketplace.blockwaresolutions.com. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Blockware Intelligence Podcast. This week I have on GP. GP, welcome. Hey Joe, uh, nice to be here. How are you? Doing great, doing great. Uh, I know the audience may not know who you are, so let's get into your, your background. Um, like what's your academic background and what's your professional background? Sure. Well, uh, I have a PhD in electrical and computer engineering, and I was a postdoc at the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign back in the day. I graduated in 2004, and I, I worked, uh, you know, from the academic point of view in computer arithmetic and, and cryptography. That was my, uh, my background. Wrote a bunch of papers, um, you know, implemented a lot of interesting primitives, you know, interesting, in a, uh, I would say, like exposed. Uh, I think, you know, with all the mining that uh, and, 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 and crypto, uh, the work that I did, I think it, it kind of like, you know, was more important than what I thought uh, at the time. Uh, I think, you know, I could have made a lot of money mining at the very beginning because I implemented all these, you know, SHA-1, RSA and AES in hardware. And so... Uh, you know, they would have provided a nice boost uh, for for mining. I was just like you know, you know, ten years earlier. So yeah, you know, sometimes timing is, is everything. But uh, uh, after graduating, you know, I, I I moved to Silicon Valley and I worked at um, Nvidia and Intel, and then I started a company I, uh, that was called ZeroSoft. Um, we we um, commercialized some some technology that. Uh, um, I developed together with my co-founder at the time. Um, it was about uh, accelerating uh, uh, simulation of transistor and, and RTL netlist. So absolutely unexciting. You know, it was very difficult to find uh, VC funding, even if it was around 2007. So there was, it was some you know excitement. But finally, we got uh, we got uh, VC and uh, VC investment, and so we hired a bunch of people, mainly our you know. Uh, you know, people that we knew that were really good at coding. And 
been the product, got a couple of ca paying customers, and then we got acquired, um, you know, for, for a good amount of money, you know, around $24 million in, in cash and equity uh, by Synopsys. And life was good. You know, the investors were happy. We made, you know, the four or five X return that they, they wanted to see. Everybody, you know, got a good chunk of money. Life was good. I mean, obviously, it was also incredibly stressful, and uh, we had a couple of near-death experiences. Uh, you know, uh, we got acquired very close to, to the end of the runway. Uh, literally, we had a few weeks of, of money in the bank when we got acquired. It was pre pretty, pretty crazy. Um, but, you know, everything is good. Everything was good. Um, after that, I took a little bit of time off, and then I started working in finance. This was around 2010. And, you know, I started applying machine learning to uh, alternative data before alternative data actually had that name and before machine learning was, was, was machine learning. In fact, I don't, I don't think we called it machine learning at the time. I think we called it like business intelligence of, of, or analytics. But I guess a little bit uh, uh, too early, but, um, you know, the good thing is that, you know, we, we, we got, uh, um, you know, we, we developed some interesting technology and then... Um, I joined Tesa, which is which, which is and which was a high frequency trading shop, one of the pioneers of high frequency trading in equities and futures. And I was head of data for for four or five years. Built a lot of models, traded a lot of capital, and uh, you know we had a good run. Uh, life was was pretty good. And then finally, um, you know, I I actually while I was a um, at Tesa, I, I met uh, Paul, who's the, the co-founder of, uh, of my latest uh, startup, Kaizen. And, uh, you know, we started moving around as, as a trading team. Uh, it's kind of like a mercenary lifestyle. You know, you go to whoever gives you the best percentage of PNL, And, you know, we, we have done it a little bit, you know, work at the Engineers Gate. And then um, about, you know, uh, quite recently, we uh, we just quit and we started trading crypto. So kind of reapplying all the stuff that we've done in the last uh, ten plus years to to uh, trading uh, futures and and spot uh, uh, crypto. Uh, besides that, I also uh, teach machine learning and decentralized finance at the uh, University of Maryland, and I also help with uh, um, entrepreneurship. You know, there is a pretty cool program at uh, uh, sponsored by NSF you know, commercialize uh, technology from university. Um, and, you know, I help there as a mentor and, and, and teaching uh, again. You know, I, I've been in the startup trenches for quite some time. So I've seen all sorts of crazy stuff. Um, and so I think, you know, my experience can be useful for, 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 for the youngster uh, so that, you know, they can try to avoid the, mis the many mistakes I've made <laughs> uh, so far. Yeah. No, you have a pretty extensive background, so it's awesome to hear all about that. It's really cool. I guess so now that you trade, I guess, like Bitcoin, crypto, where mm -hmm. do you guys currently trade? And I guess, how do you think about trading something like Bitcoin where it's super volatile? Like it <laughs> goes through these crazy cycles one day, you know, a bull, massive bull cycle, massive bear cycle, and then even the day-to-day -day volatility can be pretty extreme. So how do you think about this compared to other assets that you may have traded in the past? Well, I mean, definitely crypto makes life exciting. Um, you know, volatility for the kind of, of, of models that we run is actually beneficial. You know, we, we run relatively fast uh, uh, statistically arbitrage uh, model. So, 
you know, volatility is our friend in this case. We, we provide liquidity to, to the market and try to arbitrage away the inefficiency that is in the market. So we kind of, you know, um, lubricate the market to make it work efficiently. You know, we, we trade at kind of minute uh, uh, frequency. So it's not definitely not high frequency trading where, you know, it's kind of like the millisecond or even nanosecond reaction time. Uh, I don't even know if it's actually possible for crypto in, in the current setup because, you know, the system is so fragmented, there isn't really an obvious way of co-locating. So uh, the, the, uh, it's a little bit more of a, you know, level playing field. You know, it's, it's the model that wins. It's not just having like the fastest connection. I think in this sense, you know, crypto is more democratic than equity in futures because there everything is locked by a few huge companies that have like a technology advantage and it's very difficult to displace them. Um, you know, it can be questioned if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, the whole diatribe I got around, you know, high frequency trading, it's, it's, uh, it's really difficult to, to, to uh, unpack. I mean, obviously, I think, you know, there is a need for uh, arbitrageurs to make the, the model, to make the, the system efficient. But I think uh, um, I really don't, you know, I might be controversial here. And I mean, I, I think, you know, when uh, you have an advantage by by trading a few nanoseconds ahead of somebody else, I really don't see what is the, 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 the social benefit of this. It's just kind of rent extraction. And, you know, for whatever reason, some some players have a little bit, you know, an advantage in technology and they can, you know, milk the system. Obviously, the other side of the, of, of, uh, of you know, of this is that, you know, they say, well, you know, just put together $100 million and you can just like do what, you, what we do. So, you know, there is, there is a barrier of entry, but it's not, uh, it's not a monopoly. It's, well, it's not, they would probably say it's not an oligopoly, but in reality, you know, it's kind of, uh, it's difficult to break into the system. I've seen that, you know, uh, it's very difficult to compete with, with, with those people. And, you know, crypto is a, is a, brush, is a, is a you know, a breath of fresh air. Um, you know, there isn't that much regulation, which obviously has pros and cons. Uh, so it's, I think it's an extremely interesting experiment of trying to rebuild the financial system from scratch, you know, and without really you know, kind of a centralized supervision by the government. It's just like, you know, let the market lose, see what happens. And so far, what has happened is like a lot of, you know, crazy amount of volatility, but also tons of scams, lots of like, you know, bubbles and, and, and um, you know, a lot of fears, fear of missing out. It's kind of an interesting uh, experiment in, in, in human uh, civilization. Um, but yeah, coming back to your point about the, the, the extreme volatility, yeah, there, there is no doubt. Uh, the, the question is, you know, uh, what can you do about it? Is it justified? I think, in my opinion, the fact that there isn't really an underlying instrument, uh, you know, for, for Bitcoin, is just like a bet on the future. I think everybody agrees that uh, crypto is the future. It's a way of improving the the shitty uh, financial system that we have right now. By the way, can can I can I use some some bad words? Is that okay, Joe? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think our, anybody can call like you know the current system that we have not shitty. I mean, it's you know when it takes you know three days to make a wire or or you know you need to pay three percent just to swipe a credit card. I don't think there is any any doubt that the system is completely screwed. Uh, you know, there are some entrenched interest and, you know, those people that make tons of money have a way to lobby and make sure that, you know, 
nobody gets uh, gets uh, into their turf and and, and they can eat, keep eating their 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 pie so i think you know uh, in the long in the medium term i don't have any doubt that crypto will you know kind of reset completely the system especially once you can start pay uh, you know you, you can do micro micro transaction with crypto i really don't see why would anybody use a credit card or or um you know, or like a dollar. I mean, I think it makes no sense. Uh, any interaction that I have with with a bank is is unsatisfying. Uh, nothing works. You know, just look at the website. You know, just total absurdity. Because again, there is no competition, right? You know, they can just you know sit down and and, and milk the situation, and you know they know that nobody can easily break in because there is all this regulation, which. I think you know, it's totally justified, but at the same time, you know, there is no innovation whatsoever. And so I think you know, crypto is it's it's a bet on the in, on on the future. And the question is, what is the value of of, of something that can be completely disruptive of the way we do things, right? And so one day somebody says, well, you know, it's worth uh, thirty thousand dollars per per Bitcoin. Another day somebody says thirty five. So it's really driven by by news, by 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 fear by news you know it's it's really there is no underlying value of that and so it's just a bet on uh, maybe on how long is it going to take before the system is, is is reset and and you can use crypto for everything and so because of that you know every day uh, the price is different and there is uh, you know all this crazy volatility yeah so i guess how do you think about with what you're building like how do you think about capitalizing on bitcoin's volatility like how are you trading it how are you like where are you trading it what are your thoughts like and how are you doing like what are the variables that you're using to like <laughs> you know trade well, it like why, why do you think it's going to go up one day and why do you think it's going to go down one day well we, we actually look at things even more granularly we look at uh, you know what's going to happen in the next minute um you know if you look at the news and you look at market microstructure it's it's you know those are like really the drivers because you're you're measuring the inputs to the system at different, you know, uh, points. Like, for instance, when you, if you look at news and you say, well, this is good news for Bitcoin, assuming that you have your group, you have a model that allows you to, to understand if something is, uh, you know, good or bad of, for, for Bitcoin, which is not even obvious uh, to determine in, 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 in kind of a deterministic way. So, you know, you can measure really when the, the impulse comes to the system or you can measure the response of the system to the impulse. And so when you look at market microstructure, you, you see exactly how people are internalizing the piece of news. And so you can make a, a informed bet on what's going to happen in the next, you know, few minutes, you know, predicting what happens uh, in one day or like in even one week is almost impossible i mean it's it's uh, you know the heat rate goes really too 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 close to random that you cannot discriminate but if you if you trade fast you can actually determine with with uh, you know decent accuracy i mean we're still talking about you know 50 51 percent versus 49 you know I, i've never seen a, a system that trades you know with a heat rate more than than like you know 60 percent you know unless you go to super super high frequency but in that case, like you know, the, the cost of trading become, becomes becomes unbearable. So you can be hundred percent right, but you cannot monetize it because it's just so fast that that either there is no liquidity or or um, you know the crossing the spread will, will will kill you. 
So because of this, it's, 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 um, you know, it's difficult to be right more than, than maybe 56% of, of the time. And again, 56%. You can, you can do simulation and you can see what is the Sharpie ratio that corresponds to, to each hit rate given the distribution of the returns. And, and you will see that, you know, already 56%, you're like, you know, sharp three or four. So it's, it's, it's pretty, um, pretty high. So, uh, you know, what, what we do is, uh, is like, you know, we provide liquidity, meaning that, you know, the fact that you, the way I look at arbitrage and uh, it's kind of like, you know, a, an alternative way of, of looking at, you know, it's, it's kind of related to mining, right? You know, by when, when somebody mines Bitcoin, they're providing a service to, to the market, right? You validate transaction and, you know, because people need to be incentivized, otherwise they they wouldn't get out of, of bed, you know, they get, uh, they get a little Bitcoin here and there. So that was like, you know, kind of a smart way of, of embedding the right kind of incentives in, 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 in Bitcoin. And I think it's absolutely fascinating, uh, all, you know, the tokenomics and how you can build a system where you align the interests of each person with the, with the greater good. It's a little bit of kind of like, you know, like the invisible end from, from, from Adam Smith, like, you know, how do you, make sure that you know when everybody maximizes their own benefits the entire system you know works better and so uh, because of incentives like people mine and in the same way because of incentive people arbitrage and, and make the system you know more liquid and take it uh, side of the tree that uh, that otherwise uh, nobody would will take for any for any reason and uh, and uh, and so arbitrage is, is necessary for the system to work properly and you know, uh, you know, maybe people look down at uh, at uh, you know why spending all this money for building this prediction system? Why don't we just use it to cure cancer or whatever? But but they don't understand that you know without that piece, um, you know, it would be the market would be inefficient, and that's one of the few things that economists uh, all agree on. You know, an inefficient market doesn't doesn't work properly, and you know. And it, it, it is a you know the law of one price is probably you know one of the few real law in 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 economics right you know um, yeah so what we do is like you know we make forecast and provide liquidity and so um, and we are compensated by the market for the for this function for, for this uh, you know for this service in the in the form of uh, you know trading profits so. Um, and, you know, the fact that Bitcoin is so volatile and so fragmented is just like, you know, uh, it, it makes our life extremely interesting because there are so many arbitrage opportunities. You know, uh, the same model in equity is like flat and crypto can make, uh, you know, 20% a year. So uh, it's just because, you know, crypto looks like equity before uh, before 2008 when, you know, there was Archipelago and all all the ATS and... and uh, um, you know, when this, you know, it was deregulated and so people were just starting an exchange from their own computer at home. And so then obviously uh, the government stepped in with Dragon MS, which was like you know, a decent attempt of, of, of trying to curb the, you know, the inefficiency, but I'm not really sure it was, you know, also had some side effect. Um, and also, yeah, it's, it's kind of best effort. It doesn't guarantee that people don't get screwed. They still get screwed, but in a different way. You know, uh, people pay for order flow, 
and that's that's kind of like you know, uh, you know it's a way of somehow abusing uh, the the system. So you know, it becomes philosophical, right? What is good, what is bad? It's kind of difficult to <laughs> even expose, you know, uh, assess. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. I mean, I guess when you're building these models that can be used to like arbitrage Bitcoin or provide <laughs> liquidity and capitalize and, and earn some sort of like decent return, mm-hmm. how do you like make sure when you're building these models that you're not just being like fooled by randomness. Like I can, like, I guess my perspective on Bitcoin is I'm, I'm not a trader. I, I, it's interesting to me. Like, it's cool that people can predict the future, but I think a lot of it probably comes down to like luck unless you have like a really good algorithm or something. So I'm curious, like, how do you know that, you know, the model was like really works and there's not just like, it's just random chance that you, you you know, rolled, got heads five times in a row or whatnot. How do you think about that? Hey everyone, this week I want to talk about Stamp Seed. This is very cool metal plate where you can literally stamp your Bitcoin seed phrase with this hammer that they sell you into this metal plate. This is a must-have for all Bitcoin holders. If you have taken self-custody of your Bitcoin, you want to make sure you've recorded your seed phrase on something that is fireproof, waterproof, and time resistant. This is a great product for Bitcoiners who have taken self-custody and want that extra level of security and resiliency to store their Bitcoin. So if you are interested in this product, definitely check out stampseed.com. Use code BLOCKWARE15 for 15% off the entire website. There is no certainty about anything. I mean, we can we, we quantify the likelihood of being right uh, and not be fooled by 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 randomness but uh, you know i think we're fooled by randomness all the time and actually i think you know in my personal opinion randomness really uh, governs and, and explains most of the most of the uh, all our life and also uh, because it, it, you know the thing is that you know we don't have a way of doing controlled experiments where you can say well you know i can use this experiment to find the cause uh, effect relationship. So, um, like you know, just to make an example of people that run startups. Uh, the amount of luck is like you know huge. I, I see it in in my case. Like you know, uh, if, if we got acquired like you know one month later, you know, a success story would have become like you know a failure. And uh, it's just like if you perturb the system just a little bit, things go completely. Um, you know, uh, the output changes completely. In fact, you know, that there are mathematical techniques to kind of like, you know, stress test the model and see, you know, what will happen, you know, kind of simulate what if scenarios, right? You know, bootstrap, jackknife, all those techniques are very efficient. The problem is that, you know, first of all, we cannot run experiments on, on our universe. There is only one um, realization. So pick whoever is your favorite, um, you know, hero. Uh, startup hero, I don't know, Elon Musk, Zuckerberg, whoever it is, just perturb a little bit the system. Like, you know, let's put uh, Mark Zuckerberg, I don't know, in Italy, just because I'm in Italian. Let, let's, let's, make, let's do this kind of uh, uh, thought experiment. Would it be so successful? I don't know. I'll let you guys, you know, think. Or like, you know, just, and the problem is that, you know, I think we fool ourselves because then, especially when people, you know, look back, they only see that specific realization of their life. And so, they on one side, I think they, they they kind of create this the story 
after the fact, say, well, I did this because I knew that this stuff will happen. But, you know, for instance, if you look at the uh, interviews of, you know, Mark Zuckerberg uh, at the very beginning, he didn't, he didn't have any clue of what the heck was going to happen. So obviously he did a good job in navigating and taking, you know, navigating, you know, the opportunities and take advantage of the situation. But again, I think we don't, we don't understand that, you know, just just change a little bit about your life. Like, you know, your parents, uh, instead of being, I don't know, whatever they are, lawyers, they are, you know, crack addict. What's going to happen to you? You know, then you're going to convince yourself, no, but I, I will find my, my, my way, you know, just about working hard and never give up. All this, you know, all this bullshit. But in reality, you know, it's not going to work. You know, the, the, the initial condition matters so much that it's very difficult. But obviously the system needs to believe, needs to make you believe that, you know, you can overcome all the difficulties. Otherwise, you know, I don't know what will happen uh, uh, to us as a, uh, as a species. You know, the VCs always convince you that, you know, oh, you know, you can do whatever you want. You know, it's just like, you know, swing for the fences. Obviously they are, you know, their incentives are different than the incentives that, that you have. You know, they are maximizing for uh, you know the outcome for themselves, not for you. But uh, um, but yeah, you know my take is like you know everything is it's pretty much random, and I take a little bit of of solace from the fact that you know in in, in finance we can quantify a little bit, <laughs> you know the likelihood that everything is random. But even good models, you know, when you put them in production, you see that there is a degradation in performance. You know, fifty percent degradation is not. Uh, unheard of. So uh, there is an optimism coming back to models. When you, the more you fit, obviously, the more it's likely then um, that you know you're going to just pick up noise. So that's why what we do, you know, in finance is so difficult because you know we cannot do control experiments. Everything is like you know non-stationary. Uh, nothing is Gaussian. Everything is like you know long tails. So all the the horrible hypothesis that you know make uh, very difficult to um, you know to predict the future, but uh, at the same time there is hope. <laughs> I think you know probably not, uh, I would say everything that you know uh, predicts in one month in more than one day, I would say it's ninety nine percent random. If it works, it's insider trading or it's just luck. You know there are tons of studies that you know look at performance of manager, like a good manager, you know, what is the autocorrelation of, you know, good performance for a good manager? It's pretty much, actually it's negative autocorrelation, you know, when it's kind of mean reverting. If you do really well, you know, it goes back to zero and that is telling you that it's totally random, it's, it's totally luck. But, you know, on one side, because people are just, um, you know, the, the finance, financial understanding is like, you know, typically ab abysmal. So it's very easy to get, um, to get fooled and you know humans are not good at thinking probabilistically so we need to have an explanation you know this guy is good because of you know for whatever reason and so we build all this story but in reality i would say 99 of the stuff is random so hopefully yeah. hopefully that i'm not i'm not depressing you joe <laughs> no that was really interesting i mean it made a lot of sense to me I didn't know what, exactly how you're going to respond to that, but I would agree. I mean, a lot of stuff, 
I feel like is random, but I guess if you have that edge where you're right 50.1% of the time and you can know that and you <laughs> yeah. can do that over and over and over again, then maybe yeah. you have a yeah. pretty serious edge. Oh, no, no. A, a, short, a short interval, yeah, obviously the edge is there. Market is inefficient and you, you can pick up this, uh, these changes. But I, mm -hmm. I can tell you that, you know, building this model is incredibly difficult. Uh, I don't think people understand the complexity, not only of building the model, but, you know, all the infrastructure that it takes to, to put a system, system in production, especially if you want to do it in a way that is engineered, you know, sound from the engineering point of view. You know, uh, the model part is like 1% of, of the system that we built, you know. Uh, our entire system is more than 500,000 lines of Python code. I mean, it's massive. You need to onboard the data, do a bunch of like you know, simulation, reconciliation, deployment. I mean, the complexity is mind blowing and uh, people don't understand. They say, oh, what is the difference of what you do versus like some, some random, uh, you know, arbitrage bot that I found on the internet? Well, <laughs> difference is that, you know, the bot doesn't work. It's that simple, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a scam, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's pretty wild to think about. Um, I guess this is kind of another interesting question kind of for you, like since AI is kind of a, a mm. popular buzzword now, like how do you think like, so like it's very difficult to predict things in finance and I guess in markets mm -hmm. in general, but then people are creating like self-driving cars where like the <laughs> failure rate can be very low, I guess. Like how do you, how do you rationalize like, yeah. I guess they can run experiments in the physical world and they that's can run better. experiments and, and there is like, you know, there is a basic reality. There is a physical model, right? That you're trying to approximate. Like, you know, cars don't move randomly, don't, don't, are mm -hmm. not affected by your feelings. Instead, you know, the market is affected by how you feel, you know, that there was this interesting experiment back in the day where there was a correlation between the, the direction of the market and, and the weather in New York. Now, you know, it might be, you know, spurious correlation, but I, I'm, I'm, I would actually say that in this sense, it's actually possible because there is a, you know, a, if, if today is sunny, you are happy and, you know, you're in a good mood. Uh, so the, the, the problem with finance is just that, you know, you need to predict not only how people will react to a piece of news, but also like, uh, you know, how they will interpret it. And then there is all the game theoretical part of like how people are going to think that other people are going to react and, and you know, react, 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 you know, kind of in a recursively, recursive way. So it is, it is a tricky, it's incredibly tricky. In fact, I, I, I think the, comple the, the complexity of the, of the model, I, I wouldn't say like the complexity of the model. I think you know, the models that work in finance are extremely simple because they are based on simple economic uh, principles, right? And that's what I think works. I don't think, you know, black box uh, trading, like, you know, uh, you get you get some data, you throw it in whatever is your favorite, you know, uh, machine learning technique. You, you throw this thing in and, and something comes out. It's going to be garbage. You know, deep learning doesn't work for, 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 uh, for trading. Maybe like super high frequency trading, maybe reinforcement learning can give you an edge, but again, uh, to, to explain things, you need to linearize, you need to make them simple, you know? Uh, and so like, you know, the models that we, that I think are, are worth it, worth in, in finance are extremely simple. What, what comes in is like the intuition of what is the phenomenon that you are trying to explain and 
and obviously the rigor of or, or, or of doing the research like you know you need to have like an hypothesis that you are testing you should be you know very careful about overfeeding because of like you know the the randomness that we were talking about upset it's very easy to find an explanation after the fact yeah. and, and so what you need to do is that you need to come up with an hypothesis test the hypothesis and then control for how many experiments you're doing to avoid to uh, you know uh, pick up some 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 bias there so uh, from from the technical point of view i think building an high frequency trading system is much more difficult than uh, self-driving cars um you know i think andrew Lou, you know first from mit said you know it's like predicting uh, uh, it's like you know doing physics uh, in the case that electrons had uh, at, at, at feelings that's kind of the, the things that we have to uh, to confront yeah so i guess if you, if you did do that like deep learning or unsupervised learning on finance type stuff it wouldn't be super it wouldn't work very well because it would just be like very overfit on oh, like yeah. old data horrible. that would basically be the issue yeah it would be horribly overfit because what's happening is that, you know, i mean this problem has been solved into the, from the theoretical point of view with you know vc dimension and and the branch of of uh, of statistics like the model should not be the complexity of the model should not be related to uh you know, to the complexity of the underlying model that you're trying to explain, but, you know, to, it should be, you know, related to how many data points you have and, you know, it's kind of scaled down depending on how much noise there is in the system. So if you have a system that is very noisy, uh, you, you can only explain the model, the underlying very complex model with an extremely simple model. And, and, and that's what, what happens in finance the other extreme is like you know self-driving cars you have like you know models for pretty much everything like you know there is a model that is not changing over time like you know physics low physics are stable as far as we know um, um and and the problem is just like you know do i have enough data and a complex model enough to fit this data and, and explain uh, reality and then obviously i can also do uh you know, controlled experiments and all the all the stuff. So it is obviously incredibly complex to build, um, you know, self-driving cars and all. But, but at the same time, uh, you, you know that, you know, given enough data, given enough computing power, the problem is solvable. You know, in fact, you know, uh, it's, <laughs> I don't think it's that far from being completely solved. In fact, the issue with, yeah. with, with, with self-driving cars is that there are humans. And, you know, if everything was a car, uh, the problem would be solved. The issue is that how how do you deal with the insanity <laughs> of people, you know, texting and while driving and so on? Those are the problems, not not hmm. not, not the underlying reality. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. If it's so interesting, so like I guess self-driving cars was in the past like has been like a data and computation problem, and because it's based more in reality, now that we have like the data and the computation, mm -hmm. like we can kind of solve that problem for the most yeah. part, or we're very close to. Is it for like finance or m more very complex things? If we had like enough data, like say we had like sensors in everyone's brain or some <laughs> crazy like future, like would it be, would it potentially be possible if we had enough variables and enough data and enough computation to like predict things in finance? Or is that like something that is impossible forever? Well, you know, this this is, uh, this comes down at uh, you know at kind of like is is the universe deterministic or not? 
uh, if you know all the PCO information that you need, yes, uh, I think, you know, because it's a macroscopic system and it's not kind of a, a you know, a, a quantum system, I think you can predict it perfectly. Uh, in fact, you know, I think, you know, people can make money using insider, insider trading, which, you know, you don't need to have information about what everybody else uh, does. You just have to add a little bit more information than anybody else. So, yeah, I think, you know, what is going to happen, in my opinion, is just that the system, you know, the markets are going to become just faster and faster. Um, obviously, any times there is a, a, you know, kind of a change in regulation or, or like, you know, some other like major effect, you know, like COVID and so on, the system gets reset. And then, you know, uh, there is a big in spike in, in, in inefficiency and then people start adapting again. But uh, but so nobody will ever be able to predict the market, uh, you know, perfectly. Obviously, even if you can, there is a limit to how much money you can make because you know you, you, uh, there's the issue with liquidity. Sometimes, even if you're right, you know, you can lose your shirt because uh, you need to be right at the right time in a certain sense. Like you know, people they were shorting the house bubble and you know they were they had margin calls and they had to unwind the position too early. You know, they they lost money even if they were actually right. So um, again, everything is random. You see. Uh, so when when I see like you know the, the, those headlines, oh the guru that has predicted you know whatever the uh, you know the previous crisis, this is what he thinks about whatever. That's obviously bullshit. I mean, the guy was just lucky. There is no doubt about it. In fact, you know, uh, yeah. I mean that. But again, this yeah. is I think. It, it's more a problem with humans than with reality. We just interpret and we want to find the story. Like, you know, this guy was right and for this reason and I and I want to believe that he's going to be right again. But in reality, you know, it's just, he's, he's throwing darts and he was lucky once. Right. Yeah. And, and if you were that guy, I mean, you'd probably be thinking you were right, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he's convinced. You know, he drank, yeah. he drank his own Kool-Aid and saying, you know, I made a bunch of money. There must be a reason why I did it, and the other one didn't do it. And then you start building the story, right? You know, well, yeah. uh, the, the beauty of what we do is just the, 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 exactly the opposite of this approach. You know, we look at you know statistics. We we try to measure everything. We measure risk. So anything that we do is absolutely informed. Uh, so there is the difference between like a, a trader and a gambler. Like a gambler is just you know, just taking risk without really considering what is the effect. Uh, what we do is just the opposite. And the problem is that people don't understand, you know, uh, even people that, you know, uh, went to school and are smart, they don't understand what we do well enough to be able to discriminate. You know, a hedge fund that is obviously kind of like, you know, uh, an hedge fund that is like, you know, based on quantitative, uh, uh, you know, principle versus an hedge fund that is just, you know, as a bunch of people reading newspaper and, and you know, coming up with the fancy explanation of what's going to happen. But, you know, even the VC industry is based on the same way. You know, it's just a bunch of, you know, random people with MBA that maybe they didn't ever run a company that, you know, they come up with this nice fancy explanation of what's going to happen. And then, you know, maybe sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. And, and you know, just the randomness, you know, reigns supreme. Yeah, makes sense. Can you tell us a little bit more about like what you're building, like more specifically, like at Kazan? Yeah, Kazan yeah. What, what, what we are doing is like you know, we, 
we are building a, um, you know a prop trading firm so it's typically you know a trade a firm that trades his own money which i think is the the purest form of of investing like you know you don't go after fees like you know big hedge fund that just raise a bunch of money and then they make money uh, just by holding uh, holding other people's money and making some bets here and there what we do is that you know we uh, we raise time money from friends and family and then we we trade them uh, providing liquidity again you know i think it's, it's a fundamental uh, a fundamental um, you know need for the market you need people that arbitrage away the, the price dislocation and so on otherwise you know the, the system wouldn't be working properly and so we've been using a lot of the techniques that we develop uh, for equities and futures and we are repurposing them for 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 crypto i would say with you know quite quite uh, good success um so you know numbers are looking really good you know we, we have direct connectivity to uh to exchanges we build the entire pipeline you know top top to bottom you know from from uh, uh capturing data multiple times a second to you know uh, you know storing and, and serving those data having a a system to um to you know to to build machine learning. I don't think the question is, the, the problem is not having a model because the, a single model is going to be arbitrage away. It's going to, the, the, the shelf life of a model is many times like, you know, one year and a half, two years. Then whatever you have found out, other people are going to find the same thing. And, you know, you're going to see that the profits are, um, you know, disappearing. And so the question is that how can I build, not like a model, but, but, but something that generates model. And so, we put a lot of energy in using uh, kind of machine learning to generate models. Uh, so, uh, you know, building like a, uh, something that builds car instead of building a car. And so we can generate new models based on some economic intuition. Again, I don't believe in, you know, just uh, running a bunch of tests looking for, for, for correlation, because how do you know that a correlation is not going to be spurious? I mean, if you look long enough for correlation, you're going to find any as many as you want, right? Again, you know, the, uh, you know, the VC dimension uh, applied again to the, to the same problem. Like, you know, when you, uh, the more you, 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 you know, you mine the data, the more likely it is that you're going to find something that is, you know, under, that is not real. And so, you know, we, we have all sorts of, you know, complex uh, um, ways of, of measuring overfitting. And, you know, we came up with a lot of neat idea, uh, neat ideas of, how to combat, uh, you know, overfeeding, and you know, we we trade on multiple exchanges, uh, typically perpetual futures, which which are extremely, uh, you know, liquid. Uh, we typically don't trade, um, you know, coins that don't have a, at least a certain amount of uh, trading volume. So we, you know, we stop quite early right now on the liquidity curve. So maybe we trade the first twenty, thirty mostly with coins, but there's tons of, uh, of stuff that can, money that can be also made by going down the liquidity curve. The problem is just that then becomes, it becomes a little bit more gambling because uh, there are, you know, those, there are lots of, you know, scammy stuff, pump and dump. So again, you know, you can, uh, you can still make money, but, but it becomes, uh, the risk profile changes. So, uh, I don't know, I'll, I'll I sleep better when we can compute exactly what is the likelihood that things are going to go 
fine rather than take risks that are unwarranted. So, but you know, the the system is maturing. I mean, the the whole crypto ecosystem. I think you know, personally, you know, obviously, I'm not happy about the, the the current crypto winter because I think it's like you know, mistakes of few people kind of like, you know, brought down the entire uh, uh, trust in the system. And, and by the way, I don't want to say, and I'm not going to make names and so on, but, you know, you get a bunch of 20x, uh, you know, years old people that never had a job, uh, you know, you give them a bunch of billion dollars. They don't even know how to balance a checkbook. I mean, what do you expect? I mean, VCs enabled this situation. You know, whatever happened, I think you know, it's just absurd, but, but but at the same time, it's like, you know, again, VCs want to see, want to invest in people where they can build this story. Like, oh, he's the guy that, you know, uh, I don't know, whatever, takes the meeting while he's taking the, while he's playing video games. That kind of, you know, uh, again, you know, I'm not going to go there, but, but, you know, because of some people's mistake, now the entire industry is upside down. And uh, and I think that's, that's totally cool. But at the same time, it's good that, you know, we're flushing the pipe uh, from all this, you know, sludge. You know, many people that, uh, you know, came from, from Wall Street to, to, to tech because of trying to ride the, ride the wave. Now, they're probably moving to artificial intelligence or whatever is the next, uh, you know, uh, big, big wave. So... Uh, we cannot help ourselves as, as humans, right? You know, we just uh, keep making the same mistakes and we've been doing it for thousands of years. Like, you know, uh, it is what it is. But yeah, I guess, you know, I, I think the future is absolutely bright for crypto. I think, uh, uh, I don't have any doubt that it will, it will, uh, it will be completely revolutionary. I think, you know, once, especially once uh, uh, microtransactions become, you know, cheap, I think that is going to be like, you know, it's going to unlock a huge amount of, of, of potential. I, uh, I, I think, you know, our view from U.S. is like completely biased. Uh, outside of U.S., people don't have a, a currency that they can trust. And so crypto is the only alternative. Obviously, the system is going to try to, to resist, you know, look at what the SEC is doing. You know, they could be regulating and, and trying to put a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit of orders, but... I think this is like you know the last attempt of of of, uh, of, the, of the man here to 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 put uh, the genie back in the bottle. In my opinion, it's way too late. It's like you know trying to defeat gravity or like saying, hey, from now on nobody can can access internet. How are you gonna stop them? How, how are you gonna stop? Especially when there are you know economic incentives. That is what drives people, right? You know, if something is better than something else, uh, I have no doubt that you know. Uh, in long enough time, people are going to just move to that to that system. That's why, uh, you know, just even but yeah, uh, crypto is the future, and there is there is no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely very optimistic about Bitcoin. Um, I think that was this was a really interesting conversation. It was interesting <laughs> to hear your background and and how you think about markets. That's pretty fascinating. Where can the audience go to learn more about you oh, wow. or what you're building? Well, usually we're like the A team. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember the, you know, the the TV show from the 80s or 90s, whatever it was. Like, you know, if if you if you have a problem, you know how to you know reach out reach out to us. But, um, you know, you can send me an email, <laughs> gp at crypto dash kaizen dot com. And by the way, 
never put crypto in uh, in the name of a company. I found out that you know banks don't like it. Uh, in fact, we're going to change the name of the company to to Kaizen Finance because uh, yeah, um, crypto. It's, yeah, the name is not cool. You got you got to avoid you got to avoid crypto. But yeah, you can send me an email there. Uh, I also run. Uh, we also run. You know, Paul and I run. Uh, this project called Sorrentum.org, where you know we build uh, Web3 primitives uh, with with students and faculty at the uh, University of Maryland. Uh, you know, we're building some pretty good stuff, in my opinion. Um, yeah, you can look me up on LinkedIn. You know, uh, I have a pretty uncommon name, so I think it would be pretty easy to find out about me if you want to contact me. But again, uh, I like to write code. Uh, I don't. In fact, this is probably the first time that I, that I talk to anybody about what I do. I'm typically just under the radar doing my stuff and, you know, yeah. Yeah, no, this is awesome. So thanks so much for coming on. I'm sure people are going to find this very interesting.